just going to fill up my beard throughout this, all right? <laughs> you do that, lads. That is what the intro is for, lads. <laughs> Again, lads, nothing gets you in the mood than a bit of Alan Partridge. It would be best you didn't answer that question, actually. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was a good shout. Uh, hello, everybody. It's your old friends at Monday Madness, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Liquid Football Podcast. Woo! Join, join us ever. We have a full room tonight. And when I say full room, I mean tree. And when I say room, I mean <laughs> <Yes>. Zoom call. <laughs> Virtual room, yes. Yes, very much so, very much so. Uh, we're joined by our usual suspects, uh, Neil and Berkbaugh. Uh, as ever, got to run Hello. down a, a full week of Premier League football because it has, in fact, been a full week of football. It has. We had European football, we had League Cup football, Zlatan getting the coronavirus in Tala. Oh, man, it's just been everything. Like, you know, everything you wanted in a, in a week of football. Yeah, if there, was one, if there was one sentence that summed up 2012 in football, it's Zlatan catches the coronavirus in Tala. Yes, <laughs> I, I choose to believe. I choose to believe specifically off Aaron Green, like specifically. Off. <laughs> yes, we're gonna narrow it down. Just you can isolate it. It's, it's contract tracing at its finest, lads. You know, I'm just saying. We we've got our ducks in a row. Uh, uh, Bert, welcome back to the show. You had a, a one week hiatus because uh, we said that you were uh, chasing elephants in the safari. Um, can you confirm or deny if you secured any elephants? I I did not capture or kill them, but I just petted them. That's good. Aww. Well, that's, you know what, at least you've found some. That is the main thing. That is the main and thing. reconnected and learned how to communicate with them again. Mm, yes. Absolutely. We Which had is, great conversations. That's good. That's good. And that's all that matters is connections, people. Connections. <laughs> Wait, this is a very wholesome intro to the podcast. Let's move on with our regular business. Um, as always, so like I said, we have a, only one week of football to talk about, but let's get into it. Let's talk about the Premier League rundown. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking hell. I'm never going to get used to that. (laughs) It's a bit jarring at first, but don't worry, you get used to it. Um, Is what I always say when I'm playing the gladiator's music in any (laughs) form of life. So, uh, we've had a full match day, lads. Match day two. Um, as we all know, the season is always settled in the second match day, which is why we're doing this podcast, just to settle out the league once and for all. Um, so, congratulations, Everton. You've won. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Everton have officially won the league. Yes, congratulations, lads. Um, I hope you Imagine have... Imagine <laughs> like, the hubris of Neil trying to say that. Oh, fucking hell. Oh. I can only say that because I'm like four points in and like so obviously <laughs> taking piss <laughs> yeah exactly there is an actual veneer it's a kayfabe for everything we actually don't we're not serious when we say everything's going to win the league we will say it in a jokingly manner there will be some candle laughter in the background and that's it pretty much yeah you know that's never mm-hmm. gonna come, across, come become apparent I hope anyway um, starting off then so we're gonna we've kind of ranked these and kind of like um uh, Time-wise, it's like significant. So the first match we're going to talk about briefly is uh, Villa uh, won Sheffield nil, or shall we say um, VAR won Sheffield nil uh, because oh, of yeah. basically what happened. John Egan 
uh, being done the dirty, as it seems to be the case now with this game. Villa Sheffield just has to resort to VAR shambles, I think uh, is the best way of putting it. Um, like, it's okay, granted, like Villa eventually used the one man advantage uh, to win, but Sheffield were more or less in it still for most of the game, and they had a penalty saved, so. Um, yeah, it's um, Twitter, like Arsenal Twitter really blew up. Mm. With uh, Martinez saving a fucking penalty in his first game away from Arsenal. Yeah. You know, a team that ritually never has a goalkeeper that can save a fucking penalty. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, oh, yeah. A fucking, he saves it now, but he fucking leaves. Um, <laughs> uh, it's funny how that works. I was happy for him, though. Oh, uh, it's delayed for him. Yeah, no, he uh, he he's a good egg. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he saved the penalty and kept a clean sheet. So you can't actually for the goalkeeper. There's literally no better debut. Mm. Um, it, it was just unbelievably like it was great. I don't even mind, but Lundstrom actually hit the penalty really fucking well. Yeah, like, the heart was right. So like. That was it. Wasn't as if he like oh tried to panake it and like he you know he guessed it or he hit it at a really easy height. He didn't. Mm. Like he tried. He actually tried to tuck it inside the right hand post, and he actually hit it right for that. And just mm. Martinez just flung himself. And it was That's it, was, it, was, it was just a spring. It's a spring across the line that just impressed me. It's like fuck because like pretty much yeah. There was a lot of penalties like this weekend and like a lot of them was made about like as we'll talk about later on about De Gea and him coming off his line and you saw the likes of Allison and uh, and Martinez kind of showing how it's done in a sense at yeah. least under the new ruling and they just fucking with great for penalty saves what I found quite funny about that like you brought you mentioned up like Martinez and Allison, both mm. of them are larger men far larger men in, particularly in the case of Allison. yeah um, far larger men than De Gea and it seems like they both can move faster than he can and it's kind of like it's just really weird well, I, I'm going to make a few points about the United game later on because I, I think it's all it's all tied into a, a very common thread. Uh, so uh, tune in in a, in a couple of minutes when we talk, <laughs> get on to that. Uh, but in, but any, yeah. in any case, Villa, 20 million, well spent. I'm going to, any yeah. Villa fan who's not delighted with the fuck, any Villa fan who thought they got their pants pulled down by Arsenal over that, they're like, what? No. That, if it, if it, anything, we underpaid. Do you not think it's a bit weird that Aston Villa are actually making good signings again? Not really. Like they I mean, they got Watkins. Yeah. Bound to happen eventually. Burton Traore, who like who fucking hit the ground running in the League Cup, and then Martinez, who's like the perfect number one that for the to need. Like after like years of like being like a little bit daft with their money or overspending, let's say now they suddenly go like, yes, we've now signed players that are worth that money, and they're ones that we actually need for the team, as opposed to like just signing Gareth Barry again. You know, it's, it's weird. I don't know. It's it's unusual. Um, so. Moving on then to the uh, new, the thrashing at St. James's Park, which was Brighton 3, Newcastle 0. Um, just the guy who played in the, last, in the first five minutes and they didn't do anything in the next 85 to fix that. <laughs> it was really simple. No, it was really weird. Like, their heads didn't exactly go down, but they weren't trying to get into it. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I, think, like, I think they just didn't have a foot in it. Yeah, I felt like they were constantly in second gear. Like they were kind of like, "Oh, it's Brighton. We will just pick them apart with like a you know long ball and a header to the big guy up top." Yeah. Um, uh, and that just didn't happen because Brighton play really well. Yeah, they do. They do. They play really well. And um, I thought we'd take a few minutes to kind of uh, 
to stand the best player in the world, which is Tarek Lamte. I don't know if any of you want to uh, <laughs> chime in on that. Um, he, in all fairness, though, he was really fucking good. Mm. And I, the thing is, is that like they were just chopping him down by the end of it. Like, they <laughs> they had no just, other option. They just just take the fucker down. They were just hacking him to bits by the end of it, and I was just laughing because the fellas were so blatant. Oh, they yeah. weren't even attempting to go, oh, ref, I got the ball. I was going for the ball. And I was like, no, lad, I went to take that fucker out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just give no, me the yellow. I meant it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just, just, just fucking, just stick it onto my chest. It's fine. Yeah. Gold star for effort. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's good. No, but in then, all fairness, he absolutely terrorized them. It yeah. was unbelievable. I think uh, talking about making your fucking point as a 19 year old. He mm. absolutely made his mark, and I guarantee you, like, he just you're gonna see a lot more of him. Well, like I said, Chelsea have like Chelsea let him go for 1.8 million, and <laughs> again, I, I might be wrong about this, but I don't think they have a sell on clause either. So they, no, could be wrong they, have, about a, that. they have a sell on, they don't have a buyback. Ah, that's yes, that's, what, that's what's right. angry, yeah. that's why they're angry about it. Mm. No, you're right, sorry. So, uh, Barbara, do you want to chime in there? As we uh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, Basuma got uh, Lamptey's back <laughs> and um, got revenge. I love that. I, I love that. drinking, you fucking... <laughs> <laughs> to say, lads, fucking Shawn Michaels would be proud of that, man. That was a fucking... Quite literally sweet chin music. You could hear the fucking drum beat. <laughs> fucking great. It was just... It was so incredible. Like, he got sent off of VAR. And when you see the initial foul, I was like... How the fuck is that only a yellow card? Mm. And then VAR obviously just tweaked the ref. It was like, uh, you might want to go to the sideline and take another look at this. But the guy was actually genuinely gutting open. Like, he was cut. <laughs> oh, no, no. Like, he, like, he, he, like Giroud-style Giroud scorpion kicked it, only instead of a ball, it was the opponent's head. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so, yeah. yeah but, I mean, awkward. in all fairness, to, if, if you want to, like, a real kind of statement of how this match went it was Lamptey went off after what like 60 minutes yeah and he still got man of the match despite the fact that he didn't score any of the goals nor I don't even think he racked up an assist I may have got the assist for the for the pen no not for the penalty for the uh, he, wasn't no, he, did, he actually penalty. didn't he actually didn't you're right he didn't get anything no. No. so <laughs> the yeah, so the, I think the right back got man mm. of the match despite having no assists, no goals, and only playing sixty minutes, and he got man of the match. That's how good a game he had, and pretty much that's it. Like you're going, we, you know, we've got a real fucking, real little star on our hands. I think, and they're just gonna play him until he rips a fucking ligament, and then he's out for two years. Yeah, it's like it's it's always that thing. That it's they're like, England have just got this absurd like golden age of fullbacks, and they're all weirdly right backs as well. And yet Gareth Southgate was he'll go, Kyle Walker, yeah, Kyle Walker, <laughs> yeah, just Kyle can't get past man. Kyle Walker. He's can't he can't. Past, how can he not get past Kyle Walker? He's so fucking slow. <laughs> the man is like ten feet wide. Um, I think it's like he's got this. His surname is like Gareth South. Favorite brand of crisps as well. Oh, that could be it actually. Oh, Every yeah. time he has a packet of crisps, he's like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Walker, nice. <laughs> Is that why Danny Rose got in the team all the time? Is because, like, yeah, actually, I do fancy a bit of rose lemonade now that you make it. 
<laughs> now he's just constantly listening to uh, Seal's Kiss from a Rose. <laughs> <laughs> How does that explain Eric Dyer then? Is he just like, he's just a fan of EastEnders? Is that it? Like? Yeah. Dyer by name, Dyer, Dyer by, by nature. nature. Indeed. So moving on then to, uh, fuck me, there's a lot of goals this weekend. Uh, namely, yeah, the uh, most 39. 39, fucking hell. Um, long may I continue, by the way, because this is fun. Um, Leicester 4, Burnley 2 was a fun game. Uh, very much a clash of styles. You have the Sean Dyche fuck offery, and then you have Brendan Rodgers, um, well, you know, football is the best way to describe it. Um, it's, football. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> we ha- by the way, we've listened to the most recent Ars blog, so we have been... Um, Traumatised. Traumatized and can no longer talk about either Brendan Rogers or Good Boys. Now, okay, exp- explain this to me because I'm completely out of the loop here. <laughs> right. Okay. So, well, Iris Blog may- mentioned that while we played them in the cup, he hmm. could hear Shark Tooth Brendan Rogers very clearly because of the lack of crowd noise. Yeah, if you were watching a channel that didn't have the artificial crowd noise, yeah, you could hear the two main sounds with the ball being cracked around. And Mikel Arteta screaming in like four different languages, and also <laughs> Brendan Rodgers. But he made the comment that Brendan Rodgers seemed only to—it didn't even seem like he was coaching a team. It seemed like he was trying to train a dog, because <laughs> all he did was say "good boy." Good boy, good boy, good boy, good boy, good boy, good boy, good boy. Uh, and uh, then Ars Blog reenacted um, a scene from my nightmares. Uh, where he had a gardener be a good boy and it is a horrific audio tale uh, straight from the depths of my nightmares and and it is now like I will never not think of Brendan Rogers as a psychosexual fucking garden rapist yeah pretty much (laughs) You see, that implies he actually hits. He actually has sex with the gardens, as opposed to like. No, 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 no. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it stems. It's. It's. By the way, the the skit was Downton Abbey uh, themed ah, because nice. Leicester had the a player on the pitch with the poshest surname known to fucking man of Dewsbury Hall. <laughs> so mm. Dewsbury Hall was the gardener with turnips for hands. <laughs> That was called. He was in, a good boy. He he was the, he was called into Brendan Rogers' office mm-hmm. to not sit on a chair but sit on his lap ah. and, and bark like a good boy. While Brent, while Brendan Rogers constantly said "good boy," and but I think what what really got it for me, and this is what triggered it for me, was um, the voice that Ars, Andrew Mangan, Arsblog. Mm uses for Brendan Rogers is eerily reminiscent of the Frankie Boyle sketch for Michael Jackson's Children's Hospital. Oh, it's like a little bit like that, is it? Brendan Rogers. Yeah. It's like Michael Jackson. Is it it was like Michael uh, yeah, Jewsbury Hall. No, oh, Jewsbury Hall. <laughs> oh, I, I can see where you get to them. Oh Jewsbury no, Hall. no, stop. Pop on seriously Harvey pop on the Spotify and it's actually it's actually quite good because he does interview one of the um, scouts from the Anfield rap. Oh yes, the, yeah. the upcoming two games hmm. no, we have good. against Liverpool. So it's actually quite good. He goes into a lot of depth, and he's quite complimentary of Arsenal as well. He's you know he he, set, he brings home a lot of home truths about last year, 
mm. but it's actually really good. Yeah, oh, that's fair enough. And uh, um, but yeah. yeah, like the the last five minutes after, because when you told me about it, and then the 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 ending jingle came up, I was like, "What's she talking about? What the fuck is she talking about?" And then it started, and I was like, "Oh god!" Because he always has stuff on after his ending jingle. Yes. Um, but Jesus Christ, that I, I, I thought it was going to be something really sad because I've been listening to a lot of um, podcasts and one of the podcasts I've been listening to recently is Mark Maron's podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's kept his going after, like, his girlfriend recently died and he kept it going after she died. So a lot of his podcasts are like him going on for 20 minutes and then breaking down, just crying. And he's he's putting it out there, and I was like, "Shit, I can't, I can't handle any more like really sad shit I can hear in the podcast." And then I listened to that, and I was like, "No, no, I really can't handle that either." <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's two opposed scales, isn't it? It's like yeah, sadness, really but like, also traumatizing. Give me the per- give me the person crying in traumatic horror over mm. that any fucking day of the week. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yuri Tillemans. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we know how now. If Burpo's having a rant, we now know how to reset her. Oh like, God, no! You know how to, she'll, she'll just fucking hang up. Yeah, that's I, fair. That's I fair. won't. I won't blame her. <laughs> good, good. But yeah, like uh, Leicester were good in this game. Uh, mostly Harvey Barnes just doing bits. Dennis Price. Oh yeah, we're talking well. about Leicester. Yeah. Um, curious <laughs> Barnes was not really much into this game again. Like he was a bit fucking anonymous, and um, it's a bit odd for him. Like. Uh, I think it's probably maybe because of the way they're stepping up now. They're trying to like kind of take a bit of like responsibility off Vardy, and he just kind of picks up goals and the penalty box and penalties and that. But um, it's, hard I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. They're trying to really bring under into it. I, I found like the they got a nice speedy Turkish winger. Yes, just like let's give the ball to him. It was sort of slightly reminiscent of how Liverpool played against Chelsea when Thiago came on, and mm. it was it seemed like every single Liverpool player was like, "Oh, give the ball to him." Yeah. And shockingly, um, it, it looks good. Like, <laughs> um, funny enough, um, again, we'll get to that later on. Uh, moving on then to the Arsenal game. Uh, Arsenal 2, West Ham 1. Uh, not at all, uh, not a pleasant evening for you guys, it has to be said. You still won, though, which is good. Um, yeah, no, I mean... Yeah, it, uh, like just watching this match was kind of... Um, a bit deflating because we've had a good week. Like we bet Fulham three 0 It was nice mm. and fun. Uh, Aubameyang signed the thing. He did sign the thing. All of these good things happened, and then it was just like the first fifteen minutes is like, "Are you Emery? What, what are you? <laughs> um, has David Moyes learned how to football manage?" And then in the second half, it was like, oh, no, 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 it's all okay. Uh, we, we were a lot, like, it was still scrappy because of the nature of West Ham and how they play. But the, yeah. we, played, we played decent and we had uh, Marlo Stansfield, Eddie and Ketia, who slot home the late winner. and Bundle yeah. home hilariously. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> nice crisp bundle across the line. I was yeah. trying to lack a Zet skull as well, just a fucking the cracking header on it, like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of those headers where it's just like it's just auto cue to go in, like it's just like the, it's magnetic. It's like, oh yeah, no, it it was one of those headers where like when um it goes off his head, you're like, oh no, that's in. Like you don't yeah. you you start celebrating the instant he connects with it. It's like, like oh, even no. if there's someone on the line to stop it, they're yeah. going over the line with it. That's it. Yes. Yeah, it's in. It's go, fucking yeah, cra- yeah it, it was a stark contrast to Gabriel's header. <laughs> scuffed in off his shoulder between the goalkeeper's <laughs> legs. This is like this is how you do it, you 
fuck. <laughs> what the fucking Arsenal? <laughs> but um, but yeah, you see, that's what Moisey does, though. In fairness, like he does, he does drag like teams into a dogfight. You know, like he he'll dig in, he'll like he'll he'll like have a kind of like, flat backs, and then like if you frustrate the team long enough, then he's going like, ah, yes, now they're playing on our level, the well, shit level. It's weird. The it, was, it was also helped out by the fact that Tierney managed to injure his hip in the warm up. Um, yeah, that didn't help many things because he's my fucking captain this week. So thanks, Tierney. Mm-hmm. I don't it. see why you'd put him. Like, where, why would we keep a clean sheet, Jonathan? Why? Well, do you know what? Do you know what? You're quite right, Bert. But the last time I put any faith in you fuckers for the points. <laughs> Despite the fact, in the last three games in all competitions, we've kept, uh, we've only conceded one goal. Yeah. But it's, a... but, but it's us, Neil. You can't have this hope. No, Moment, you see, the yeah. thing is, right, the thing is, right, I've you. been infected. I've got the hump. I've got the no. hump. you got to get clean, I was just before. I've got the you got to get rid of it. Yeah, you, you, you have to watch out for that fella because... Tick. I got the third I got the third kit there the other day and I'm just like, yes! Neil, did you yeah. self-isolate for two weeks beforehand? <laughs> I probably need to. I'll need to self-isolate for the entire fucking season and keep going like this. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. Um, We're going to be self-isolating for another season anyway, Zero Grand. You've got that sorted. Um, what was good about it is... No, it's, it was actually typical of West Ham. Like, West Ham really kind of sort of owned the brand, the patent on, you know, fronting up against top six, top mm. seven teams and then absolutely playing like complete fucking dumpster fires against teams that are below yeah. them that they should really be beating. It's bizarre, um, isn't it? Like, oh, how, absolutely. How on earth like, do you like be on your best for a match against Man City and lose like, okay, 3-1, but you put the willies up them, but then suddenly, oh, it's Brighton. Fuck, there you go. Fuck. I'm yeah, they're losing like 4-0 to Brighton. Like, yeah. Like talking to a lot of Hammers fans like prior to this game and after this game as well, and we're just like, mm. That's that's a pretty much that's West Ham in a fucking nutshell, you know. Like they'll put the shits up a revived, like better than has been for the last five years Arsenal team, but then they'll go and get absolutely rolled three 0 by Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Parker's Fulham, no less. <laughs> that's what um, makes all the difference. But that's just it. Um, but it was great. I will say one thing. Like this. Um, the, Saka really fucking ran this game. It was his two passes that really set up both goals. Yeah. Um, lovely little jinking inside turns. And there's like heavy talk that when we revert to a 4-3-3, the third midfielder on the left won't be either Party or 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 anything like that. It'll be him. Interesting. Um, Any more century. Yeah. Kind of into the channel like. Oh, yeah. yeah. See that. I uh, see that. He's quick enough to he's quick enough yeah. to operate there, and he's because it's basically how you end up with with a Wobi, didn't you? Like he kind of played in that kind of inside. He essentially, in yeah. But yeah. imagine like if we had a Wobi, but with a, like a ten times more skill, but, and he's yeah. nineteen and better. <laughs> just just like so Wobi, better. But better. But, <laughs> yeah, that was it. So, yeah, happy days. Uh, moving on then to the other side of North London, uh, as they beat Southampton five oh. two. Fucking weird game. Oh. Lads. Weird, weird game. This is bizarre because I was watching this and like, I was like, ha, ha, ha. Like Southampton are fucking rolling the spuds. This is fantastic. Um, And then Son and Kane decided to do bits and it was like, oh, you guys are meant to be so shit. Don't do this. Um, The first half I've ever seen. Yeah. 
here's the thing with that. Like, like we can't like, you can't delude to say, okay, granted, Spurs have scored five goals, and mainly it's because of Son and Kane playing really well between each other. But that does yeah. not that should not disguise the, rest, the fact that this team is in a bad way. You know, the rest of the team could not like string up two passes together. Mm. It was purely just Son and Kane working together. And in fairness, it's the least selfish I've ever seen Kane play. I was about to make this point. I was about to make this point because um, a lot has been made about Gareth Bale and how he's going to fit into this Tottenham team. And I have a thought on that. I think so Harry Kane's game being repackaged as number 10. Doubt it. Because he was helped out in this game by Southampton defending like utter fucking dickheads. Like, if you watch, actually watch back the goals, he makes mm. the exact same assist three fucking times. Yeah. And yeah, they just exactly. don't pick him up. <clears throat> like at one point he's so slow to sling in the cross that San has to slow his run to literally he is literally walking towards where Kane is going to deliver the cross because Kane is so slow that if Ron San moves at anything quicker than a run he's He'd going be outside, to be offside. Yeah. And so literally like, he is being overtaken by stationary objects. Yeah. And the Southampton defense still cannot catch him. They, oh, don't get me wrong. Looks at him. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like if 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 a player like combination of Son and Kane has done that four times, the issue is not with the spurt with the team exactly, that's scoring. Yeah. It's, it's the issue with you. Exactly. Not with you. If they do the same, like don't get me wrong. Like if a player pulls some fucking mercurial burst of skill out of his fucking arse mm. and whips it top corner, like all right, then fine. But if, if all he has to do is walk and stroke across in. And the other player has to literally slow to a crawl so that he doesn't beat, his, beat the offside trap all on his own. And it's just, it's so, it was terrible. It was absolutely, yeah. it was the most abject defending I've ever seen. And if any Southampton, like no Southampton player can walk out of that and go, well, fucking hell. Like, it was it terrible. The same story against Palace so. though. Like the, like the defending was really bad for the Palace game too. And they kind of got away with it. Yeah. You know, but, with only being 1-0. No, like, when when Son and Kane realise, oh, hang on, if, if I go over here and you go over there, they're going to just pay attention to me. But because they're really crap defenders, they're not going to be able to stop me crossing the ball. And if they're all on me, nobody's marking you. <laughs> I think, you I think mass, I've, I've, I've got something for this. I've got to <laughs> Practically <laughs> go around everywhere. Like, like even Harry Kane could do that math. Like, even that's Harry Kane yeah. could do that math. You know? Even even Harry Kane, and he only needed to take off one mitten. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's it was just terrible. Like, re, if you want, if if anybody's wants like a, a really kind of taste of that game, go back and watch the goals and watch the assists. They're all the same. They're yeah. all the same. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the thing. Like, I think what like Mourinho's trying to do here, because obviously Deli Ali's been frozen out by <laughs> almost by design. You're trying, to, you're trying to guess what Mourinho's going to do. This is this is going to be fun. Oh no! It's it, it, trust me. It's 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 an air formula of itself trying to understand what's going through that man's head. But I think I have no idea what's going through that man's head. I, I no think idea. what it, the logic terrible. is going by like go, going by what how he kind of sees Kane as the obviously he's the captain. So I'm going to have to use him the most. Again, bizarre in your logic here, especially considering it's Harry Kane and his hamstrings are made of fucking paper. But <clears throat> the thing is that with Bale, right? I don't see him playing like a white. Right. I see him playing like how he does for Wales, which is basically as the main striker, and um, which obviously is not his most natural position. But I think the idea is to keep like Bale and Kane fit. 
by basically having them do the least work in that front four. So you still have like Son and Moore in their natural positions and Bergwijn when he's when he's back, all doing the wide part and doing the. the but surely enough, like if that if that makes any sense, then he'd want Ali to kind of help him because he'd be the best person he to progress be, yeah. that forward. I mean, he like, he's be, the yeah. best person going forward in that team outside of Son. Hmm. So there's no point in alienating Ali the way he's done and he's he's properly alienated him like he's on Amazon like you got pop on the fucking Netflix and you've got a documentary where he's calling him a lazy cunt in training several times in the first episode the first episode yeah. like, I was, it was seen as a joke then but like obviously Mourinho's saying it every week because every he is fucking week, that lazy still, yeah. like, it, it's, it's mad there's kind of like a, a weird neuron that fires off in his head where he thinks oh I need to hammer the young players to get them to play better but yeah. actual fact is like, nah, young players don't respond to being well to being called lazy pricks every fucking day in training. <laughs> Who knew? I love as well, like by the way, because I have watched a lot of the uh, a lot of the all or nothing now as well. I love that. Like I'm six it's fucking brilliant, in. isn't it? It's, it's, fucking, it's a work of uh, art. Like it's a great mixture of club propaganda, but also like this weird like peek behind the curtain when you know it's all bollocks. Like Daniel Levy kind of positioned himself to be this nice, it's a really like, weird, it's guy. a really weird kind of club propaganda in that. It's not really propagandized very well to make them look competent. It is a very honest fly in the wall. I have to say that. Like. <laughs> it, it's very honest propaganda, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not the Man City one at all. Man City one is just like, I love... Oh, the Man, City one is, the Man City one is so fucking PR washed. It's yes. basically bleach for your eyeballs. It's terrible. Pretty much, yeah. But what I love about the, what I love about the, of the Spurs variety is that like, I'm six episodes in. There's three more to go. Not one fucking mention of Tango and Dombele. <laughs> not fucking one. Like he's there. Like he's not even in shot. Like he's literally just been edited out. It's bizarre. Yeah, I know. I, I was having redacted. Fucking pro wrestler. If, like, at, if at any point he kind of saunters into frame, they'll just blur him out like he's a gigantic dick. Listen, I I, I, I have to look back at the video. I don't think I've ever seen him once. No. I don't. I don't think he appears in the documentary at all. Like it's yeah. weird. But it, it'll be mad to see. Like it'll be mad to see Kane. It'll be mad to see how the bell thing. I I. The bell I'm fascinated. What? Curiosity is getting me to be. Oh, absolutely! But it's curiosity. Like, it, it, it's it can't work out. It just can't. Mm. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of reminding me of the Alex Morgan to Spurs, <laughs> where it's just like, why would you want to go there? Also, why? Also, what are you going to be like after not playing for several months? Like it's literally the same thing happened in the men's and the women's team. Yeah, yeah. A player who is absolutely world talented arriving to Spurs after having not played for like over a year. I really wish we could get a fucking photo of the incredulity Spurs. of your face right there. I was like Spurs. Spurs. Like, it's just yeah, no, I totally get that. But the thing about like with, with Bale, like it just can't. Like with Morgan, it is very much she is literally the biggest fish in that tiny, tiny bond. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's more followers than even the men's team have. Yeah. And I think the I read I read an article there like the women's team of like four percent of her followers. <laughs> so uh, like yeah. it's just gonna be I, hilarious. I I know like the stories of their training team is that like they had a fridge in their dressing room and the fridge broke last year. So, and Spurs never, they asked for a replacement fridge for their like food and stuff like that. And they never got one. So they like, I'm like, this is Alex Morgan. Like who's going to put milk in her tea? 
for her celebration. Actually, like she's they're actually going to pay Hardy Winks to do that. Um, yeah, you know, they've got Lemmy Winks to do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be mad. Her first game is going to be against us, isn't it? Um, I'd say she's going to be on the bench. I can't imagine after you know having a kid in the last year, having not trained. Are you sure though? Like, because we saw we all saw the videos of her. Like she was seven months pregnant and like fucking keep you ups like. No, yeah. but skilling it like proper yeah. on a training pitch, skillage at seven months pregnant. I'm like, holy shit! I can't move like that now. Um, <laughs> I, I I say she's gonna make a cameo. I say because the BBC have got the rights to show the game, um, yeah. and oh, they know yeah. they're gonna have the audience. Like the Spurs are gonna use this. Yeah, they've got fucking like. Did you see like Spurs had like big billboards announcing her arrival up in Leicester Square of all fucking places? I'm going, what the fuck? Like, she's literally bigger. But the thing as well as that, like Morgan, she's literally might bigger out, than your club. Quite literally bigger than your club and the men's one put together. <laughs> but the thing about the bail thing as well, it just can't work out. It just can't. Mm. You're paying 20 million quid and it's not going to work out. It just can't. It's like, you know, when you watch a fail video of a guy preparing to do a jump. You know, he spends yeah. Like, he spends like <laughs> 30 to 35 seconds building it up, bigging up the crowd. The hubris is building. It's like he's fucking Ma Hardy and he's about to swanton bomb the Undertaker at fucking WWE. <laughs> and you just know he's going to completely fuck the jump. Screw the landing, wind up with spinal injuries, and we are all going to laugh. And it's just, it's, it's, it can't work. It's Mourinho. It cannot work. But it's, but it's the second season at Spurs, Neil. It's the one where everything works for him. It just works can't. well at United. Look how much he won at United. Just can't. They, th- they think they're signing like a more seasoned variant of the 2012 bail. No, I know. And the 2012 to 2014 bail was literally one of the best players I've ever seen. Mm, very different beast but now. Also, like he's going to be have to play like Jose Mourinho style of football. Oh, like, exactly. That's oh man, what the fuck? Like this is the thing you see, like the, like the way Mourinho sets up, like it's very defensive. And he just lets the attackers do their own thing. So like the, like that's the point. Like if if you have Bale and Kane having this bizarre like second striker partnership, they're not doing that much. They're not doing that much work. It's Son and Mora doing all the leg work and whatever and Doherty now down the right <laughs> flank. You know what I mean? Like it's like they, they, like they have literally like the, the, the idle players, the lazy players are doing the less work, but they're going to be scoring the goals. It's going to be a, such a weird relationship that like I'm just I'm just it curious about how it's going to play out. No, I can't wait. Yeah. I just had this inane curiosity. It's like see the corpse or something. Let's look. It's like I have to see. I just want to know. Just, what does it look like? What happens? <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, anyway, is, is, um, is that uh, is that going to be Morgan's face when she's looking for her milk for tea? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm a World Cup so, winner. There's a there's a, a double World Cup winner. <laughs> just there, like just there, holding her milky tea, going wings. No, there's a, there's a brilliant. <laughs> I don't know if you've you've seen that. We've just tweeted there that um, Tim Stillman uh, is an Arsenal writer yes. and stuff like that, and he's just had a a daughter. So people have uh, printed out uh, t-shirts for him <laughs> and his daughter and his wife uh, for the women's the North London Derby tomorrow. Mm. And it's the Medema Sulk pose <laughs> with underneath Where's My Milk? <laughs> Perfect. And I was just going, Yes. It just I uh, literally just pinged in right there, right as we were talking about the the Morgan. The like, Morgan wanting yeah. milk for her cup of tea. <laughs> it's She's funny gonna be the algorithm that. works. 
<laughs> Going to be so, excellent. Yes, moving on then to our top five. Uh, Wolves, uh, or rather Man City, kicking off their uh, Premier League campaign with a 3-1 win against Wolves. Uh, I watched this match. It was okay. Uh, City started off very well and more or less coasted on through then. But Wolves, Wolves did bother them in the end. Uh, you'd have thought that Adama Traore was kind of uh, the main outlet, but he actually wasn't. He was kind of well-marshaled. Um, or rather, like I think the problem with Adama is that like he's a brilliant sub. He's he's great for half an hour and then just like just like giving people ultimate grief. But when he's starting, people kind of get used to him in a way. Like he can, like someone like Walker could track him and it also uh, it also doesn't him. help when he's told like normally he's normally that kind of deep lying wing back where mm. he can just like hit the afterburners and fucking torch down the wing. Whereas in this game he was instructed to kind of operate almost as a left winger. Yes, so he, was, he's starting he was further up the field. Therefore, he had less to run. Which is exactly. Bizarre. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't give him kind of like a runway, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a better term, he can't mm-hmm. get off the ground. And so, yeah, so there, there is, you know, there's that. They, so they deployed him not very well. Mm. Um, but I can see but what also, they were trying to do, though, because what they were really doing was releasing podents um, to have a lot more chance because they kind of expected, like, people are going to be watching... Adama like a hawk and like marking him out but then when it came to like Podence they all forgot about him and I think the, the partnership with Stones and Ake which is not great I'll be honest uh, Man City have a fucking serious injury crisis uh, apparently which is why like that yeah, most apparently, bench... apparently Pep says he only has 13 fit players yeah and I can just see Joe Montemurro just be like <laughs> <laughs> 13 that's way too many man you need to get the kit man on the fucking bench for that pal yeah <laughs> Just like, um, you know, is that Pep's going like I have to use young players bring me the son of Rory Delap yeah <laughs> exactly um, quite literally but it doesn't also doesn't help when he says that like he's got 13 fit players and those 13 fit players are worth like a combined 2.4 billion pounds yeah he still he still hasn't has nothing to give out about in fairness yeah, but, um, no, he's, he's nothing yeah, yeah exactly uh, moving on then so like I said it was it was it was, a, it was a decent enough game for what it was Wolves pretty much could have been better uh, I'll be honest. But did shoot themselves uh, in the face. That was a stonewall, yeah. definitely stonewall penalty. Yes. Didn't really help themselves out. Nope. And the Foden goal was well taken um, by and large. And yeah, they just like, Potence made missed two fucking great chances and that could have put them ahead, you know, in, in the space of two minutes. Like Man City were rattled for like the second half and the Jesus goal kind of just calmed everything down. If, as I said, if Nuno played his cards right and was a bit more savvy about the Triore over Potence, then yeah, you'd argue they would have given him more of a, of a scare. Yeah. But, yeah, it's fine. As oh. per usual, the answer is always more arm grease. More arm grease, absolutely. Yeah. More arm and, grease. And by the way, the Man City third kit is more atrocious the more you look at oh it. Oh my God, it's oh so fucking God, horrible in the flesh, so isn't it? Do you know what I it is, did, right? You don't see the design from the camera, from the from the hard cam, right? All you see is a Spurs kit. Oh. That's, what you, um, that's all you see. An edit of... Um, it was just like a, a screen grab of a play during the match. And they've actually just pixelated the Man City players. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, not safe for work. Uh, <laughs> I guarantee yeah, people were reporting that tweet just for the laugh of it. It's like, not report as porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Up your content, yeah. Um, but no, uh, we are um, we are going to try and do like a kit rundown at some point uh, when uh, Brighton and Burnley get their fucking act together and release their third kits. Um, so we'll, we'll see like who wins that particular league table. But uh, but yeah, uh, not great shakes from City there. 
Uh, what was great shakes, lads, was Leeds 4, Fulham 3. Uh, <laughs> Leeds are going to be fucking fun this year. <laughs> well, at least Leeds have got the 4 and the 3 head. on the fucking right side of the scoreline now. And Let two penalties play. still. Hmm? <laughs> There's still two penalties in the game. Like, I mean, how that is consistency at its finest. More like madness. Yeah. Close, I, I, well, the both of them, I think you find it very similar, Neil, you know. Consistency, madness, you know. <laughs> but um, no, it's crazy. Burke Bob, seeing that you, were, you weren't here last week, um, I would value your opinion on Patrick Bamford getting two goals in two games. Bam, bam, Bamford, baby. He's got a stupid head, and that is all I will say on the matter. So you're not going to comment on the fact that he is currently one of the most prolific strikers in the Premier League? So is that the Yeah, but still, you know, just... Jill Rude just scored two hat-tricks in two matches. So, like, you yeah. know, suck on that, Bamford, and your stupid head. <laughs> I will say one thing, though. Helder Costa, what, what a way to fucking have a score in your debut. Like, what a fucking debut goal. Uh, I, I, he did score in the, in the Liverpool game. Or, sorry, he, he, he scored, didn't He score. scored in Fulham, against Fulham, didn't he? He, scored he did score in Fulham, but it wasn't his debut. He was, uh, oh, he was, no, he was, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, fuck. He played in the Liverpool he game. He scored twice. He scored yeah. twice against uh, Fulham. That's right, yeah. The first and the last game, goal. Uh, they're just fucking great. Well taken. Like it's, it's, It was a carbon copy of the Harrison goal from Liverpool. It's the way yeah. it's a crossfield ball from Phillips. First touch, knock it past the centre-back and hit it. Like It's just so fucking well done. I love watching Leeds. Um, more of the same, please. If you can keep this up for 36 games, I'm a fucking happy camper. Yeah, it's, um, gonna, it's just going to be ludicrous. It's absolute ludicrous play. Hmm. Um, even made even more with the fact that I had Mateus Klitsch in my FF team. Nice. On the bench. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. Hey, yeah. fucking that. I had yeah. Ernie Martinez on my bench and I'm still oh. bitter about it. <laughs> you got 13 fucking points. I know. Oh, I know. Um, in any case, yeah. Um, not just mental, like Fulham went at them and just the days were like, no, we, we've got more firepower than you and they just blasted them away. It was just, it was an incredible match to watch. If you were a neutral, actually... If you if you were any fan of football, you were loving this. Even if you were a Fulham fan, mm. you were kind of enjoying this game. Yeah, because it's a bit of a roller coaster. Because like they got blown away a bit, came back, blown away again, and then suddenly two goals in the last ten minutes. Like weird. Like it's just a weird game. But this is this is what Leeds is like now. It's just ebb and flow of goals. It's just like we'll just some we'll just somehow just change it for a while so that we're we're scoring goals. Then we'll send it back to conceding goals. Then switch it back to scoring. <laughs> More, it's kind of like a, how American football is played, you know. You attack, yeah. okay then. Now we attack, okay. Yeah. Then. Now we attack, okay then. You attack. Bielsa, Bielsa is a big fan of basketball. You see, he's a big, uh, big fucking fan. That's why he sits on a bucket, you know, so he can watch the court a bit more. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, no, yeah. it was it was crazy. It was brilliant, and I loved it. Indeed. And I will definitely be watching the next Leeds game. Indeed, and as, as I say, they are, they are officially the league entertainers now. We've lost, uh, they're us and City have lost that match, and now everyone's going to watch Leeds. Yep, the LFC, yep. big top of fun. You have to say, it's a genius move, because like, they're going to get all the TV money. People will want to watch TV, like, Leeds matches on TV, so they get the most money from the broadcasters, which then they can spend it on their squad to get even more exciting and crazy players. <laughs> big brain move, lads. Break stonks. Um, so... Moving then to our top three, the other 5-2 scoreline from this weekend. Everton 5, West Brom 2. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I agree. 
I agree. What the fuck? In all fairness, I think we should just leave it there. I <laughs> think that's enough of her again. What the fuck? <laughs> that's it. Like, Cut out all of that's our. That's all t- I have. I have nothing else. <laughs> I don't. I don't either. You know, we've got like the 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 phoenix from the flames of Seamus Coleman emerging mm. yet even more as he ran Kieran Gibbs off the pitch. After he Who are you? Who the fuck do you think you are? No, he's like, uh, are you going to do it again? That's what he was saying. Oh, big man. Big man, aren't you? Oh, no, like, because after Gibbs shoved uh, Rodriguez yeah. in the face and Rodriguez went down, and it was a definite red card, you just can't. Yes. can't make any contact with the head of an opposition player like that. You just can't. But, um, it's like very a notion that the year is 2020 and Kieran Gibbs gave James Rodriguez a slap. Exactly. And then reported that he would do it again. <laughs> and then Coleman ran him off the pitch going, you'll do it again? You'll do it again? You'll do it a fucking game? <laughs> 800 years here, cunts. was intensifying at that point. <laughs> the um, fucking Republican blood was boiling at that point. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He just sort of pulling on a balaclava and capping his ass. <laughs> Seamus Coleman today has been confirmed that he is indeed in the RAF. In the RAF, yes, yes. That's yes, quite right, quite right, yes. Um, but it was... It was it was mental like mm. Jesus just when you think you've got Everton sussed out <laughs> after season after season of just dog shit performances you think yeah there's going to be another one <sighs> fucking hell this is the weird thing about this right because like I mean, even when- Michael Keane was scoring goals even Michael Keane scoring goals I wouldn't count him as a goal he was just happened to be in the way Calvert-Lewin yeah. fucking racked home a hat-trick and one of was a back heel. Hat trick. He went home with the ball and he didn't have to nick it. <laughs> <laughs> and even the Bromley goals are fucking great. Like Diangana yeah, running the fucking Diag- length of the Diag- pitch. Diagana, uh, yet again, reinforcing the point as to why West Ham should have never have sold him. <laughs> yeah, great. And then the fucking Matthias Pereira free kick was fucking great too. Up, oh, down, in. Absolutely. I, I know it was picked for a goal. But no, on that. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I went right off the swazometer. Mm. Like, okay, like obviously it's Everton, so I'm not inherently like worried about them at the minute. But like, I do like their. I, I like how they've gelled things completely uh, already a little bit. I think that's the part that should worry you. That the fact that they're kind of gelling. I think that's what should worry you. You're like, fuck, mm. these guys have got their shit together. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, like it's. I, I don't know. Like, okay, granted. Um, a lot of the team has to do with Ancelotti and the way he's setting them up. He is getting the fucking best out of that team. But again, it's another problem. It's the same problem that a lot of like top teams have in the league at the minute. It's the soft center. It's the fact that like for everything that's magical in their midfield, they have a beautiful midfield. Like that is the best midfield for you're probably get going to get in that like tier of Premier League football. Like the like Jesus, there's, there, there are teams that would kill to have fucking Alan and James Rodriguez and Abdoulaye Decore like in that midfield and then just pick your pick whoever else you want as your as the fourth man in that barbershop quartet. Okay. Strike partnership between Richardson and Cavaloon is perfect. It's good for them. It's their level. But then it's the it's the, it's the centre backs. It's Michael Keane and Mina and Pickford. Oh Mina like, was fuck me. Mina on the goal, like I wouldn't even mind, but like Diagana was seventy yards away from the goal. I know, like all should. seventy fucking yeah. ran all seventy fucking yards with Mina alongside him. I don't know, cheering him on. I was half expecting Mina to like pull out a little like cup of sweets 
like little chewy sweets for him. Just have a bottle of water, like in the fucking Tour de France, like a fucking like a water station on a marathon (laughs) (laughs) run. That's how fucking feeble he was, and he he was meant literally the entire seventy yards. Watch it back. The entire seventy yards mean a run. Just backs off, backs off, backs off, backs off. And I wouldn't even mind, but Diagana doesn't even attempt to disguise. Anything other than I've, I'm going for the ball. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going for the goal. I've got mm. the ball. The goal is there. I know it's a dot on the horizon. But guess what? I'm still going to go. Yeah. And like, it was so obvious what he was going to do. And I think Mina was just so terrified, utterly terrified, literally scared stiff that Diagana was going to do him. That he just wound up <laughs> rolling out 70 yards of red fucking carpet. Yeah. And then to the edge of the box and just like. Poof, you know, ah, and I terrible. wouldn't even mind. Like again, you can't really blame Pickford <laughs> as much as loads of people would want to. But like when you're when yeah, loads when of people, an, aka Neil. I don't. No, they give me. I'll sag him off when he does something wrong. But like, if your Keep defenders are allowing the opposition players to run seventy yards of the ball to the edge of the box and shoot completely unopposed, nobody should be looking at you. Fair enough. Mm. Now, what about Fleetwood Town? Um, how, that... <laughs> how, how do you assess that one? <laughs> that, that's the, yeah, that's definitely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was certainly its chief. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, terrible. Anyway, let's move on then to our um, second most uh, noteworthy game of the weekend, which was uh, Chelsea nil Liverpool 2. Um, how so... did you enjoy that, Jonathan? I certainly did enjoy it because, by all accounts, it's probably going to be one of our toughest games of the season and we very much kind of got them at the right time. In all fairness, I don't think so. Um, Mm. I think it shows up Lampard doesn't know what to do with this team. Um, He's completely sold out all of his young players by buying in loads of foreign imports. It's like people are like, oh, where's Havertz going to play? I was like, he's going to play where Mount's going to play. (laughs) <laughs> like if, you, if you're Mason Mount and they've just spent 72, 78 sorry 78 million wasn't it? 72 72 million um, on Havertz you're fucked mm. <laughs> the, the, you're not getting your game mate you're, you're absolutely fucking screwed yeah same with Werner uh, Werner's going to take over where Tammy Abraham is going to be mm-hmm. like if you're Tammy Abraham you're like just go man I don't understand why all those players are still there. They, they, yeah. they, got, they just got to leave. It's it's the thing, like, I think the reason I say, like, it's going to be, on paper, it's the toughest one of the season because, like, obviously, we, we kind of hit them at the right time because Pulisic is obviously their, really their main kind of outlet in that team. And he's yeah. by far their best player. Yeah. And Zayek, I think, will be a similar vein when he does hit the ground running because he'll just do exactly the same as Pulisic is on that flank. If Havertz and Werner do link up and have that kind of that, that power play they're expecting, then that is a very dangerous front four to be facing, and that will that can flat track yeah, against that, that, that will bully smaller teams. The assumption that they that could be coached in, like the only way that's going to happen mm. is those players get together and go, right? Well, this guy, coin as in Lampard, sort of doesn't really have a clue what he's talking about. Yeah. How about when, when I run this way, you just pass the ball this way and then I can get onto it? You know, so sort of like ignoring the coaching because, hmm. my God, he can't coach a defence. He's barely got a midfield. Yeah, yeah. And, you yeah. know, and he's just, they've pumped so many. They've, put, they've actually adjusted for inflation. They've spent more money than when Abramovich first took over. Hmm. 
<laughs> so, like, yeah. Well, again, it, it goes. It goes back to my point. I'm rethinking my. I'm rethinking my. Um, uh, Steve Bruce is going to be the first manager sack prediction. Oh, I think, I think it's going to be Lampard. Interesting. Interesting. I maybe so. I can't change it because you had Lampard, didn't you? Uh, Lampard. I had Mourinho. I you had Mourinho. Yeah. With Lampard. The Burba had Lampard. Did, didn't yeah. you have Lampard? I'm pretty I'm sure. Yeah. Didn't go Phil Neville. <laughs> Phil Neville uh, will never be a Premier League manager, so that's never. Oh happen. my God! Imagine. I think, so. I think I think that's the reason why I went for Steve Bruce. I wanted to go for Mourinho, but you had him. Mm, yes. You had to make three different choices. But like, oh man, if I could change it, go with uh, Lampard because he's out of his depth. <laughs> he does not know what to do. Yeah, this is. I think again. I think we made this point in the preview. Like this is a, the 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 signings they made is very much independent of the manager. Like it doesn't necessarily. This is not a Frank Lampard team. Like Frank Lampard team would have had Mel no, Mori. James and Ambrahaminitz. It's just what they've done. Like Lampard's first season was <clears> him getting plotted for bringing in all the young players and playing all the young players, and now they've replaced them all. Yeah, you and bear in mind, like that was from necessity those young players as well. Huge new contract as well. Yeah. Like, all those players are on. Like they're all earning like six figures a fucking week. Mm. <laughs> and they now they want to loan them out. Good luck with that. They want to loan them out. And I was like, what the fuck, man? You're not going to get anybody to take those loans. Yeah. And you can't play them all because you have to play your shiny new 60, 70, 80 million, well, sorry, 50, 60, 70 million player fucking player in front of them. They've mm. paid 22 million to replace their 72 million goalkeeper. They've paid, well, 56 million was for Werner, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, about that, yeah, 56. So yeah. 50, 55 million for Werner to replace Tammy Abraham. They paid 72 million again to replace Mason Mount. So it's like, <laughs> What are you going to do with these people? Like, what are you going to do with these players? You've got hundreds of millions of pounds worth of players just sitting around in your books, earning huge wages. And bear in mind, if they get their way, yeah, yeah, sorry, go for you. This is very similar to the Chelsea ladies, where they've literally just bought all the good players. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's it's like an embarrassment of riches. Like you've got Fran Kirby on the Chelsea team, who I think is a phenomenal player she was out injured for most of last season which is where I think like Emma Hayes is like oh I need someone to replace Fran Kirby um uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Perniel Harder and then everyone's <laughs> like yeah okay let's get you know let's get the women's record transfer you know player best player in the world most expensive player in the world yeah let's get Perniel Harder then Fran Kirby's like I'm back bitches uh and she goes, she, 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 that's nice, that's nice. <laughs> and, then, like, and you've got Aaron Cuthbert, yeah, like, you've got uh, G, like, all of these... Beth England. Unbel- Beth England, all of these unbelievable attacking players. And it's like, how are they going to keep the team happy? Like, mm. how is that going to work? Yeah. And I just, like, and look, I actually have more faith in Emma Hayes being able to make it work than Frank Lampard being able to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, yeah, like I watched Havertz um, in that match and he was shocking. Yeah, I don't it was know terrible. Whether, like, I don't know if that was just the pressure of, you know, making, you know, big, your, your big game debut, I suppose, against Liverpool. Um, but as we'll see in the next match that he plays, he, he you know it's the it's the second coming of Kai Havertz. <laughs> he has arrived against Barnsley. 
Yeah, you saw Tom. I would forgotten who it was. I was like, it must have been Wofford or Wolves or one of them because, like, I forgot who. Oh, he... it's happening with the bees now. It's happening with oh, bees. Oh yeah, here we fucking go. Bar- Barnsley, Brentford, Birmingham, fucking blah blah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, yeah. But I, I, on your Havertz point there, like he was almost certainly played out of position. Like he, they had him play as false nine, and then Werner was kind of on on the left flank to kind of to basically try and like be Fabinho. And that was the kind of main, the weird, the weird talking point from the team news was that we had Fabinho uh, partnering Van Dyke, And like Liverpool Twitter for, um, for, what, for they've had a very tumultuous summer waiting for the inevitable to happen. Um, they've also been panicking going like, we need a four centre back. We need to replace Lovren. Lovren was inseparable. We need to get fucking Lord Clavan back. And then everyone, every Liverpool source was saying, no, no, Fabinho's our four centre back. And everyone's going like, but you can't do that. You can't just take him out at number six. Like, we are, we're going to have to have Fabinho, Keita, Henderson, Wijnaldum, and Thiago all in the midfield. Like, how do, you, how do you expect that to work? It's like, if you take Fabinho... Okay, listen, let's sit down here now, right? 16-year-old <laughs> incel. If you take Fabinho out of the midfield, you can put Thiago in. <laughs> huh? Right? And do you know what? That's what's fucking happening. Because that's what the plan was. Fabinho gets to be essentially a choice between... You now have a choice between Fabinho, Matip and Gomez, the partner of Van Dijk. And in some matches, Fabinho and Van Dijk could not possibly be stopped because you have Van Dijk that's going to clear everything out. And Fabinho, for, my, for some of his failings, number six, sometimes, he's fucking good at marshalling out a ball. Like, he doesn't that's need it. to put I a tackle in. He's just good totally at positioning. My main takeaway from that match was that all Fabinho was to do was just to marshal Werner. Anytime so Werner came near the well. ball... Anytime Werner came him the ball, Fabinho was over him like a fucking cloud. Mm. And just the ball would just trickle out of play because Werner just couldn't get around him. Yeah, yeah. And this is what has me intrigued for the Arsenal game then because I'm like, it looks likely that it'll be the, it'll be the same partnership, Van Dijk and Fabinho, because then that will put Thiago into the midfield with uh, what will, should be Wijnaldum and Keita. Um, although Minamino might have played himself into that game as well. It's hard to tell. Um, it's going to be a good scrap though I have to admit yeah. Um, yeah. if you listen to that Ars blog um, that myself and Burke bought were traumatised scared yeah. by um, the guy from the Anfield rap was basically just stating like he quoted John Barnes in Sydney mm. it's when Arsenal come round now again like thanks to Arteta when Arsenal come round it's going to be 90 minutes of hell Yeah, um, it's yeah. going to be a fight all over the pitch um, and he contrasts it with last season when Unai Emery and Arsenal rocked up to the rocked up to Anfield. Mm. And he's just like, there was no doubt in my mind we were going to roll Arsenal. Yeah, and that's yeah, what happened. But yeah. he's like, now he's like, now this season I fucking I have no idea. I know it's going to be a scrap. If we win, it's it's going to be by like one goal. Somebody will fucking shank it in with the back of his heel. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they're getting cleared out by some fucking gigantic uh, fucking South American centre back. Um, <laughs> it's it's just it, like he's like it's gonna be a fucking war of attrition, and he's mm. like that's kind of how Liverpool v Arsenal really should be. It should be two fucking big forces of teams kicking the shit out of each other. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's gonna be like a dogfight, and he's like. It's probably not going to be high scoring, and if but if it is, it's going to be like four three or some shit like that. Like it's going to be a gunfight. Yeah, just, that's what I'm hoping for because, like, again, like, this is that's my idea of a Liverpool Arsenal game. It's like fuck it, five five in the car in the Carabao Cup. Let's have it. Like, come on. Yeah, let's have it. You know. Well, yeah. And the thing is that, like, it's gonna it's gonna 
it's going to be like that again. Like we've got mm-hmm. a, and it's, it's all down to purely down to Arteta really, really coaching the team very well. We've got yeah. good players in now. Everybody, everybody's on the same team sheet. Everybody's doing the same thing, and it's just it's going to be really good. We're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be great. We're gonna play us on Monday, Monday and yeah. on Wednesday. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Monday, Wednesday, yeah. yeah. We've uh, Liverpool Monday, Liverpool Wednesday, and then Burnley on Sunday. Yes, yes, I believe it's so. a busy week. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, at least you don't have to do much traveling. That's a start, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's, that's the only positive. good thing. Um, yeah, but, but, but no, we're the, at Anfield. It's at Anfield on Monday, isn't it? And Anfield on Wednesday as well. Is it? Yeah. How far is Anfield from Burnley? Uh, well, it's, it's very <laughs> to Lancashire, so. Eh. Hmm. So yeah. It's a bit of a trip, but anyway. It's going to be good, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by it myself because, like, Arsenal are one of the teams that I've kind of identified as teams that sussed us, tactically. Hmm. Um, you know, you've, you've, similar, you've basically... Similar with Leeds. Like, I'm like with yeah. Leeds, it, it was going to be the same thing. Like, with Chelsea, when I was... I didn't realise... Uh, when I was looking at what Lampard was doing, I was like, why are you sitting off them? Like, do what Bielsa did. Yeah. And do like so that, that nearly worked for fucking Leeds. Leeds. Bamford and his stupid head. Bam, bam, Bamford, baby. You've got a multi million euro team. Try that same like logic. Exactly. Like Leeds went at them and attacked them and really put them on edge. You know, it's like, why are you sitting off them? You've gotten infinitely more expensive. That, mm. I know that doesn't necessarily mean better, but fuck okay. it. Look yeah. at Kepa. Actually, yeah, exactly. there was breaking news during this um, podcast recording that Frank Lampard is set to have talks with Kepa about his future. Well, they bought Ooh. in Mendy from Wren. I think that's his future sorted. <laughs> Mendy is fucking brilliant. Mendy's yeah. a good fucking goal. Now, I'll have to say one thing. Like, goalkeeper watch. Mendy is brilliant. How nobody snapped him up for 22 million before now is unbelievable. Mm. He is very fucking good. I think it's kind of a similar sort of pick for that uh, pick for that Southampton type of thing. Sunderland, yeah. Oh, Sunderland. Sorry, yeah, Jesus. Wrong ass team. <laughs> oh, it's happening to you. Yeah, you are laughing. What happened to me? It's happening. Um, it's, some, it's somewhat similar to Pickford in that he plays in a kind of bad team. Similar to what is happening with our second choice keeper, Runerson. Mm, yes. he, we got him from a poor team where he conceded quite a bit of goals, but a fundamentally superb, solid keeper. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I see Mendy strolling in. Yeah, it, it's curious because um, because what I, was, what, what I meant to say there about the tactical thing was that, because uh, um, <clears throat> what you've done is you basically neutralized our fullbacks, which was our main like source of, our, of income last season. Like nobody was able to handle the, the, the power of like Trent and Robertson together and then linking up with the forwards at the front. But you've been able to do that by basically setting up like two defensive shields in between them, which was obviously the right thing to do. And teams like Leeds and Sheffield did that quite well against us last season. And eventually Atletico actually did it relatively well in the home game too. And <clears throat> the reason I think I'm... I'm, Atletico, I'm Atletico and defending, that's like... Yeah, I know, I know. It's a um, glove shit there. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, expecting well, Atletico not to defend <laughs> like fucking rabid dogs defending a scrap of food. This is it. <laughs> what has me intrigued is how Thiago is going to affect that because in theory, the reason we got him in was to now attack more centrally. And now you have players like uh, Minamino 
Shakiri who can play centrally. Now you have a reason to play centrally. You now have the means it's to weird. do it. It's a, it's a weird shift from physical, hard-running, damn-near cybernetic midfielders yeah. to more technically refined ones. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm no, I've no doubt that Minamino and Thiago can run like fuck. Mm. And they are high-class, elite-level athletes. Yeah. But, like, it's not their running that's their main strength. It's their technique, which yeah. is a stark contrast to the players that they're going to be replacing. That's I'm the thing, yeah. It, it's odd. I think Klopp's attempting to adjust something and it's I, I, it's going to work. I think it's going to work because Klopp knows what the fuck he's doing. But it's mm. going to be interesting to see if there's going to be any hiccups in how he goes from a more from a, a midfield that was nearly damn near just all out physical running mm. to a midfield that is now going to contribute technically, contribute goals. I think which is the main aim is to contribute goals and late runs into the box, which is similar to what Arsenal are trying to do. Yeah. I, it, it's just really weird it's not weird but it's it's very good it's very interesting like I'm, I'm seeing Klopp Klopp is trying to evolve this team yeah um, because he can't just buy in new players to do what the old players are doing because people are eventually going to figure it out so he's altering the formula somewhat mm. I love that I love that because that's what we did that, that, that's what we've done the last two years yeah. because like with Klopp arrived there was the whole heavy metal football monarchy just charge 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 yeah. But with, with changes in the, in, the, in the coaching, in the way they do things, they start to be more sensible with how they do their pressing. They press at the right times. They set up, um, they, they block passing lanes. They do all this sort of stuff. They're more subtle about the pressing now. So when they need to press, like the Mane's second goal, for instance, it's sudden, it's fast, and it's effective, as opposed to perhaps running like a headless chicken half the time with some of the pressing. And like I said now, this is the next step where like, okay, we now have we know we know we have this dominance now uh, as a team. So let's work on that and continue to be more dominant. Let's not keep chasing games. You don't have to do that now. We know we're going to get most possession. Let's use the possession exactly. To our and, exactly. And as we've already stated, there's no need in chasing the league because Everton have already won it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, know, I, this whole so conversation with games they've won it. Nick and eleven lads. So one more game to talk about then, and perhaps it's the most noteworthy of the season so far. Palace 3, United 1. Lads, I loved watching this game. I'm not oh, I, I didn't get to watch this uh, in real time. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> getting the updates from you made my evening. <laughs> oh, it was something else. I have never seen a Man United team this bad. And I'm talking from the noise. They were absolutely terrible. Like, it yeah. was... It was also, it was almost as if they like aimed to be as terrible as they possibly could be. Do you know what it was? It looked like a team that had no preseason. Well, they've they've they haven't had one. They've only had like one game. Mm. But that's what it looked like, though. In fairness, it looked like they were woefully under, underprepared. But even then, like, like I mean, why why play all these players then? Like he played Pogba. Mm. Pogba like three weeks ago had the plague. <laughs> uh, and he got fielded. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, have you guys heard this? Um, that that Donny Vanderbeek is that his name? Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you heard like his most recent interview or like there was something about it that like basically he was just like he arrived to training and he was like, oh, this isn't the warm up. Uh, <laughs> this is this is the the pace of training. Like he's already kind of going, oh, this is a step down in intensity. Is that, not yeah. like the, is that not the Sanchez interview you're thinking about? 
No, no, it, no, Van der Beek, I remember this, he said it in, uh, it was talking about the Dutch, <laughs> he was talking to the Dutch papers, I think, and he was talking about okay, the difference no. between the Ajax and United um, uh, training, and he said, like, the Ajax one is intense, but of course, the double meaning behind that was that the United training wasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it, and it certainly showed, like, because, Jesus, Zahan Townsend made fucking mincemeat out of the back four. Like, when you've got Townsend doing bits against mm. you, just hang up your fucking boots. <laughs> yeah, no, it, but I, I would say when you've got Zaha doing bits against you, you know, fucking mm. hang up your fucking boots because, like, last season Zaha was shot. Yeah. Actually, Palace was shot. You know, they were the one of the worst, they were the, weren't they the worst team of the restart. Yeah, officially, yeah. They were officially the worst team at restart. They took, what, five points from a potential 24. After the restart, they were terrible. Yeah. They were utterly garbage. They were in the bin, literally in the bin. And for them to just walk you, I'm mean, like, be aware, like, United's one goal came in the 80th minute after Palace had scored all three of theirs. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, sorry. No, Palace were 2 0 up. Then United scored, and then five minutes later, Zaha notched up the third one. So, like, it wasn't as if, oh, they scored one, and then just Palace just kind of you know, rope it up them and whacked mm. in three in the last 10 minutes or something, shit like that. No, it was not that. No. It was an actual, it was a comprehensive victory from Palace. They controlled the game. They were yeah. playing at the home team. Schlupp was all over Maguire. Um, Shaw was just not helping him out at all whatsoever. Yeah. Mitchell was fucking great. Eric oh. Mitchell, he's good. I like him. So he's good. So fucking Very good. much in the Wan-Bissaka mold, which is kind of ironic considering... Yeah, it really is. But like, I just, I was just looking at it. I was just looking at United going, this is like hundreds of millions of pounds worth of players. Mm. It's like, how the fuck are they playing this badly? They were terrible. Like, I don't think, like, everybody, like, did, ah, uh, and nothing's been warming my cockles in my heart more than Man United because I have a good few Manchester United sporting friends and I follow them all on Twitter. So nothing's been warming the cockles of my heart than seeing the absolute <laughs> vitriolic spiel that is Man United Twitter. Yeah, oh my God, I was about like, to mention that. But mm. they're all like, they're all like, sign Sancho, sign Sancho, sign Sancho. I was like, Sancho's not going to help this shit out. Your defence is garbage. What is he going to go? Is he going to slot him at the back? Is he going to replace Eric Bailey? Is he going to partner fucking uh, Maguire? Who the, what the fuck, what do, you fix, what do you expect Sancho? There's probably a reason why Sancho hasn't agreed to sign for Manchester United. And that's because he's watched them. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if I was Sancho, I was like, right, cool. Maybe, maybe Solskjaer is kind of big, look, we're in team and transition, we're building up, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some results aren't going to come in, but we want to build our team around you. And that's enough to get a player over an initial hump of bad um, performances yeah but my god if he's been watching Manchester United for the last few weeks last few months he's not yeah like on a sporting decision when you have <laughs> Dortmund with this absurd golden age of talent and you have United with Chris Smalling like that's the decision made isn't it the best defender no he's not he's fourth choice at this rate fuck but he no he is technically he's, he's the best defender yeah. He's first choice, but only because like they literally don't have any other options. Oh, it's terrible. Mm. Terrible. Um, it's absolutely shocking. The only way like Sancho would sign for United is if he accidentally watched the women's team. 
<laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Like, whoa, this Kristen Press girl is good. Yeah, I want to join in with that. Tobin Heath, he sounds like a good player. Mary Earp sounds like a competent goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's like, and I think oh, better than this De Gea thing I keep hearing about. What's she like? <laughs> it, it's funny because like it's it's like well we're what we got like maybe two weeks left in the window now, and United look like they're going to sign nobody. Like I've been seeing a lot. Like they've missed out on Regulion, who went to Spurs. They've missed out on Thiago. They've missed out on like, like not, ranks like, of players. Like I understand. Like right, Thiago going to Liverpool instead of you. Right, the fine. Liverpool. Yeah. You know, I, I get it. They're the current league champions, Champions League champions, blah, 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 all that sort, all that shit. Right. Um, but if you're missing out the Spurs, <laughs> like come on. Like I wouldn't even outbid by Spurs. This is the thing. This is what I was saying about maybe Sancho. The reason why Sancho's not signing is because he's watched him. Regulion is only on everybody's radar because in the Europa League he was slicing up Manchester United's defense like it was fucking warm butter. Yeah. So maybe he's like, what? You want to sign? I'm not signing up for this. This is garbage. I spent an entire game waltzing through your defense like it was fucking not there. It might need to have been there. Why would you turn around and go, oh, here, do you want to be a part of this? I was like, no. <laughs> no it was it's, like being, it's like being on the lifeboat and going, would you like to come back on the Titanic? No. No, you're no, quite all right. No, I'll take my chances. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> it's like the, Titanic, the captain of the Titanic asking the iceberg, do you want to be a part of this operation? <laughs> you know, it's terrible. Like, it's just terrible. Yeah, I, I very much would not be surprised if they hit the end of the fucking... I don't think he will because, like, I, I was hearing because the, the one, the left back they're now looking for is Alex Tellez from Porto. And I had in my head, I was convinced in my head he was going to sign for Wolves because, you know, he's Portuguese. But <laughs> the question was. By the way, was, that is actually quite a reasonable assumption. That is a. <laughs> it is, it you is, can't blame it yourself is, for that. That is, is a reasonable assumption. Yeah. The thing with that, though, is, right? <laughs> he's. Um, the story going around about that is that uh, United have only bid 15 million for him. And Porto want double that. Like, and when, they're not when willing Woodward to spend is it. Low balling, when Woodward, the most notorious, huh, oh boy, that. Um, <laughs> when he's low balling shit, like, yeah. you're, you're fucked. You're up. Yeah. Like, that's, that's when shit's going wrong. It is. It is. And like uh, I said, we will, we, will, we will talk, we will check back with United. The Manchester United Hindenburg impersonation is going to be fun to watch. <laughs> and do you know why? Because Ale. He's at the wheel. He's at the wheel, baby. Yes. So, with that in mind, then, uh, we will have, because we had two weeks of football, we have two weeks of hot VAR content. So, let's see what's happening in VAR Wars. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> that took a while to click in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always does, doesn't it? So, We've had a quiet one and then a busy one in Bar Wars. Um, first match day only had one thing to talk about, and that was uh, between Palace and Southampton. Uh, first off, uh, Southampton earn a point because of Kyle Walker's Peter's um, red card being rescinded after the referee looked at it and said, actually, no, you didn't mean to kill Tyreek Mitchell there. You get your yellow card. Um, Palace, on the other hand, they get, a, they get a point taken away from them as the uh, Zaha scored a goal and was ruled off for offside. So that was a, a minus one for them. Match they do, on the other hand, was fucking busy. Um, 
let's start off with Brighton, shall we? Uh, they have a zero altogether, but it's cancelled out because the second Melpay goal was given by VAR after an offside check. Uh, Trossard was shown to be marginally onside. But then it was a minus one for uh, East Basuma's uh, sweet chin music, um, which was VAR approved. So they get a zero for that in total. Bad luck, Brighton, but you know. <laughs> one step forward two steps back I think is the you're not getting extra points for the HBK impersonation Whoopa. no but there is but these, now there's the insurance that Basuma is indeed a sexy boy and is not your boy toy there we go there we yeah. go that's what I was asking for because as you saw from, from, his, uh, from his play he thinks he's cute he thinks he's sexy and so forth <laughs> um, Chelsea then right in their game against Liverpool obviously Andres Christensen uh, was sent off for a last man back challenge that was very approved so they get a minus one to start off this season one of the most pointless last man back challenges ever it was a great rugby tackle though it was like he was playing (laughs) Mr. President it was great Um, Everton then they start off their season with a plus one uh, as they uh, the first Calvert-Lewin goal was uh, very approved uh, because initially they thought it was offside because Richardson hit the ball first uh, and then obviously that would make Carver-Lewin offside. But it was seen then that it was actually taking him off, came off a Bromby defender last. Therefore, Carver-Lewin would be played on, and so the goal was given. Um, so that's a point for them. Moving on then to Sheffield United. Uh, they got a minus one from the John Egan red card. Very, very similar to Eric Christensen, who was last man to that challenge, very approved. So it's a minus one for them. Uh, so Hampton then got a point, uh, which was a VAR-approved penalty from a handball, apparently, from Matt Doherty who is having a smashing time at Spurs, lads, I'm sure you agree. Oh, uh, like, I, I I, just love that because I, it is an absolute ridiculous, ridiculous. handball rule. Ridiculous. But this is exactly what the women had to deal with in the World Cup, so I'm kind of glad that it's getting the yeah. focus of the like mainstream media, I suppose you could say. Lindelof was done dirty from that as well in the United game because um, his arm, like, his what got brushed off his arm and it's just like, I was like, they, they've done this thing where sleeve versus sleeveless rule now over like yeah. what yeah. is handball. And it's like, eh, I can see the logic, but like in real time, good luck judging that. Like, you know, it's going to take you three minutes. Um, but the biggest winner from VAR so far this season is Palace, who got two points on the match day. <laughs> uh, obviously, I mentioned the Lindelof uh, handball, which was VAR approved, penalty-wise. And then finally, the second uh, point was for De Gea um, coming off his line and yes. fucking... Uh, being a, and and having the penalty re, retaken, so our, offense, did they not get did they not get bonus points because that led to quite possibly the greatest video clip I have seen in on Twitter. <laughs> I, I have not factored in the Goldbridge years because no. <laughs> I, I pinged the seals on Twitter and it was the Mark Goldbridge fucking oh yeah oh, it, it's God. <laughs> It is great. He's bloody missed it. He's bloody missed it. Back your man. Back your man. Get in there. Fucking yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are absolutely joking. You oh, are absolutely yes. joking. Ah, oh, it's just brilliant. It's just so excellent. So great man. What a man. Um, <laughs> so yes, uh, we do, currently do have a leader of our wars at the moment, and it's Southampton leading by two. Uh, currently on the board is Palace and Everton at uh, one, and then a few teams on minus one, which is Sheffield and Chelsea. So, good job, lads. Keep up the good work, I guess. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, how about that? <laughs> let's go with that. So then, lads, let's end off the podcast as we are doing now, with seemingly, with the Hand of Cards. <laughs> Hand of Cards. 
This time I'm not allowed. He's a cop. I don't care what he's called. Hey, <laughs> Unbelievable, this <laughs> You know it's beautiful. Don't deny it. I'm spending precious minutes of the one life I have on this earth <laughs> listening to this fucking shit. <laughs> I've only one life. I've only one life. <laughs> All of these are seconds, minutes I'm not getting back. <laughs> there is one solace in life, and there's the fact that you'll never get those 46 seconds back. <laughs> um, so, uh, as always with the Hand of Cod, we are going to uh, serve up something that's annoyed us over the week of football. And this week, I want to start off by talking about Tim Sherwood. Um, it's not something I normally say. I mean, yes, it is, in fact, the year 2014. We're talking about Tim <laughs> Sherwood. No, um, I don't know if anyone has seen this. I, I have maybe pinged this to you before. Uh, but Tim Sherwood has done this uh, is doing this kind of Premier League uh, preview for the actual Premier League channel. They always get like kind of punters on to talk relevant like shit about the certain clubs and all that. Um, and why are they, they getting Tim Sherwood on? I have no idea because we're talking about <laughs> Arsenal. Um, he was there. He was available. Um, I think it's a fair, it fair a thing that happened. He was a thing that happened. And uh, <laughs> alongside they had Melissa Reddy. Uh, doing on who's an actual football journalist uh, and an actual football writer who does research and knows what she's talking about. But because obviously she's a woman, her opinion is completely nullified in the eyes of every gammon uh, on Twitter and on the internet. Uh, yeah. And up against yeah. Tim Sherwood, who wears a gilet. Yes. And obviously because he wears a gilet and therefore, and also uh, crucially has a penis, his opinion is uh, more valued by the gammons of Twitter. And this is basically the crux of my argument is that like, Tim Sherwood got fucking dunked on live television. Uh, numerous times. Of, numerous times. And I think the reason I wanted to bring this up was that, like, there is a... The, this kind of ties into uh, what happened Soccer Saturday. Uh, we didn't really mention it uh, in the season preview, because why would we? But basically, most of the lads that were doing that, the TIS, Cherry uh, Nicholas... Oh, and yeah. They've all been let go by, <laughs> by... They got fired or sacked by Sky Sports or perhaps they just got their contracts dissolved, whichever the fuck it is. So basically, Merson is the only one to survive the cut there. And basically, uh, everyone kind of saw this as an agenda uh, between, against uh, straight white men. <laughs> and it's just like... like I, I just want to jump on this because like, it was rumoured that Alex Scott mm. could get the role uh, on Gillette Soccer Saturday and they went absolute mental because not only was it going to be a woman, it was going to be a black woman. Yeah, black woman. Going to... <laughs> and talking about our sport, as in this is what the gammon are saying, and mm. then a black man uh, in terms of Mika Richards, who is an excellent pundit in his own Fucking right. Fucking gas. <laughs> like he's a better pundit than he is a, a, a footballer. Um, mm. And I think he was a decent footballer. Like I don't yeah, actually yeah. bear him any ill will. No, he's um, great. Uh, yeah, so just jumping on this, like Alex Scott, um, I, I remember like she was actually hanging out with Leah Williamson and mm. they were like on each other's Instagrams, like posting pictures of them just hanging out. And then uh, Leah puts up a picture and she's like, when you tell Alex she's trending on Twitter, and it's just a face of her looking really inquisitive. And then it's just like, uh, Alex Scott then later on put up a picture. It's like, when you're afraid to ask why you're trending on Twitter. Mm. And 
then when she found out and she was like, well, I know nothing about this. Um, uh, my name has just been touted by someone saying it's probably going to be fucking Alex Scott. That's all it was help. by about like a hundred thousand people at the same time. Uh, and it's just, I'm so sick of Alex Scott being shoved in our faces all the time. I'm like, sorry, like there is nothing wrong with that image being shoved in my face. <laughs> Keep it to yourself, Burt Butter, right, Jesus? I'm just, I'm just saying. But right. no, like, uh, yeah, no, the Gammon Brigade, um, they would rather have COVID denier Matt Letizia commenting mm. on football than someone who's actually an intellectual. <laughs> This is the thing, right? Because like, because having Sherwood and Ready there on the same panel really kind of showed the two different flavors of pundits you're getting on TV. You have like the punter, the guy who like speaks his brain and has his opinion and shock and coincidentally was a Premier League footballer for a time. In fact, he won a Premier League. Like, of course he has to know. He must, if he won a Premier League in 1994, he must know about football in the year 2020. So obviously yeah. to have him on. And obviously, he managed Premier League teams, so he must have some semblance of knowledge in the field. Uh, and then on the other side, you have Melissa Reddy, whose entire career about journalism and writing and investigative, all this sort of stuff, has been about football. She's written books about football. She dedicates herself to an actual club of Liverpool, has written nothing but fantastic pieces about it, and does great interviews. But again, the whole idea of punditry is that like people have, are sharing their opinion, Therefore, somehow Sherwood's one is seen as the more favourable for TV and other shit, when clearly there is a sway now to actually have people who know their stuff talk about this on television. Because shockingly, that's what we're all wanting to get, is actually information and news and analysis, because that's the way we digest stuff anymore. And what I love about it is that Reddy knew her stuff, and she had this cracking line, which was, I'm not a scoreline journalist, which was like getting sparked out in the fucking third round by Glitchko in terms of like lines to say to a pundit, right? Because like I said, she doesn't call, she never considers herself a pundit. She's a journalist. She's an analyst. You know what I mean? So like when this happens then, Sherwood just doesn't have a response. It just comes back to the old point of like, I don't know if you can do it in the Premier League, which is what it's ridiculous. Which is what they say to every foreign player who arrives in the Premier League. Like, fucking hell, like, bring out the fucking bingo cards, lads. Um, and again, and you mentioned Micah Richards there earlier on, and I, and I had to, I want to show appreciation for him because uh, Sky did this kind of weird thing where they kind of broke the fourth wall for a bit. And I don't understand why, because like, uh, it's not like them to basically dunk in their own audience, but they really were. Because like obviously they were pissed off about the fact that they were made such a fuss about Soccer Saturday. When in actuality, all they've done is let go of like three of three old men who've been in a job for 25 years for fresh blood, for new opinions, for new viewpoints. And again, more women. Not even right, but for good viewpoints. Like, yeah. If they were hiring in complete fucking bums, I'd be mm. like, all right, then fine. Like, but Alex Jones knows what she's fucking talking about. Scotty. Like, Scott, you mean? Oh, Alex, oh, Jesus. <laughs> if Alex Jones was signed by Sky Sports, fuck me. That's a very right, different I was actually show. watching something on him. That's why it clicked into my <laughs> um, Yeah, Alex Scott, like, she knows what she's fucking talking about. Yeah. Micah Richards is pretty much the most positive man on TV. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen the thing where he got locked in a dressing room for 90 minutes before... <laughs> 
I love that. Doing the show and like was like I don't know whether he was like Instagramming his whole experience of like I'm trapped in the room. I <laughs> I, I don't think I'm gonna make it out in time. Uh, or whether people were just like, "Where's Mika Richards?" Yeah, uh, he, he, he got there here. for like two minutes to spare before going live. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Like yeah, no, that's like just that. the kind of the guy he is. He probably laughed the door open. <laughs> But this is the thing, like, and this is what I love, again, this is what I liked about Sky's decision to let go of these lads. As much as, like, Soccer Saturday is a bit of crack, the reality is, like, no one's going to be watching Soccer Saturday because the TV times have all changed. There's no 3 p.m. Yeah. kickoffs anymore. It's all staggered over a weekend. They've stopped the 8 p.m. kickoffs now because they're fucking ridiculous. Uh, I think they've only stopped that because of the pubs being closed the pubs, at yeah. 10. Yeah the, pubs getting, yeah, the pubs being closed at 10. Yeah, it's bollocks. Uh, so like it, it, in a sense um, I like what they're doing in terms of just like challenging their audiences to cop the fuck on but it's also like and again going back full circle now with Tim Sherwood he's a personification of like the easy pundit it's just like oh he's a name that people know let's not ask him for his opinion let's just have him to on a match yeah and leave the actual analysis to the experts so like for me Sherwood is a kind of personification of a gammon pundit I don't, I'm sure he's not gammon himself. He might be. I, 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 don't, I never asked the guy him personally. But for me, like, he's the kind of guy that these people want to see because he's a straight white man and has no opinion. Or if the opinion he does has is so obvious, he might as well just be saying, well, if you know about Arsenal, they, just t- they do tend to walk it in, don't they, that Arsenal? You know? <laughs> yeah. Half you know, he might as well, to break out that one. Typical Arsenal. You know, you can you imagine just him saying that and everyone claps with, like, how groundbreaking his analysis is. You know, tune in for his piece in the Athletic coming next week. Or he'd week. be like, "I made Harry Kane." I fucking I found Harry him. Kane. Oh boy. Um. So, uh, Neil, your point is on a, is in a somewhat similar vein. Um. Talk to us about Arsenal Twitter. It's Arsenal Twitter and Arsenal journalists. Basically, if Mesut Özil did not exist, it would be <laughs> necessary for the press to have invented him. Um, mm-hmm. to bastardise a Voltaire quote. <laughs> <laughs> he was um, talking about central attacking midfielders at the time. Pretty nice. much. Mm. It's just, no, it's, the, the whole Urzel thing has just gotten tiresome now. Like, he's not been in the team for fucking months. Why did he keep asking them? I'm like, they were just asking them. And they know they're not going to get anything out of them. Um... <laughs> they know they're not going to get anything out of Arteta or Edu or anybody else. Yeah. And it's just, it's so, it's terrible why they just keep trotting it out, just trotting it out. And the Twitter fans are just buying into it, hook, line, and fucking sinker. Mm. And it's just terrible. It's absolutely awful. It's garbage. And I, I, I hate can, it. I really, really can hate it. Can I jump it. on and just say, like, the Arsenal admin who run, like, the, the, you know, the Twitter accounts and the Instagram accounts, like, if there's training photos, we'll always have pictures of Meza Ozil yeah. training. And you get all the Meza Ozil fanboys being like, woo, can't wait to see you back. And it's yeah. like, dude, relax, it's not going to happen. And then it's like, you know, it's reported as, you know, fans excited to see, you know, Meza Ozil play against Fulham are devastated. And, mm. you know, let's ask, like, if we get Mikel Arteta's, you know, opinions on why Ozil's training and not being played. And it's just like, I'm the fucking coach. I'm making a decision based on the player and who's in front of me. Fuck off. Exactly. Yeah. And every single fucking pundit who thinks that they know him better than a Mikel Arteta, despite the fact that he's very, very clearly demonstrated that he knows more than most other people about what he's doing. Yeah. And he's just like, look, I can't, like, 
They just can't keep answering fucking. He's just going to crack midway through. They're, just, uh, they're going to break him. He's going to break him <laughs> his midway hair, through. His hair finally gets tussled. Just like one spray no, gray hair. He's just going to go. Yeah. And he's just going to go, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm not playing him because he's a prick. <laughs> yeah he just exposes him for being a weirdo or something like that like not even that it's just it's pretty obvious why he's not being played it's just they keep asking questions they know the answers to these questions mm. just haven't been told the answers to these questions but they but know the answers the thing is there's going to be a tell-all book in about like 10 years yeah. time which is where we'll actually get the, the full-on description the thing, of what the, the thing about it is on. is that like if these football journalists and football pundits were any which way shape or form the footballing experts that they claim to be they'd already know the answer as to why Urzel isn't in this team just look at the way this team plays and contrast it with the way Urzel plays and you'll find that the two just don't go together and then you realise that's why he's not he won't press with the team. And the thing about a press, a team press, is that if all it takes is one player for it to break down, and if your press breaks down, the opposition almost always get a goal-scoring opportunity. Yes. That's why it's so important to break the press. So, like, if you've got one player who just resolutely will not do that, will resolutely will not track back, will not do anything of the sort, then you've got fucking... You know, you're screwed. You can't play that player. You can't play that player. Precisely. I, I, it, it's funny you should mention this because, like, you have, like, we've had matches before where Ozil is specifically targeted, right, to, to be, like, marked and, like, pressed out of it. Like, Brendan Rodgers has gone on record several times when he was playing Arsenal. The one player he targeted out of everybody in the team was Ozil. Like, he literally set up a diamond field around him to entrap the player in order to actually fucking, like, get the ball off him and then charge around him because he knew he was not going to do that job. So, like, it's, it's very obvious to do that. And it's a weakness in the team, especially from the way they set up and now they, how they play. So once you get onto that fucking aspect of it, then, yeah, of course he's not on the team because you're just making yourself actively worse by doing so. So, yeah, no, I, I completely accept Neil's point. Uh, yeah. Burkbot, uh, let's move on to your one then. Uh, tell me why you've selected Phil Neville. Again. Shockingly, I have. What's done he done now? <laughs> um, well, he's manager of England women. Yeah, uh, we're all aware of really, this point. Really, I, I I didn't know that. This is completely new information to me. And uh, he he has lost a football match as manager <gasps> of England women oh uh, or England lionesses um, mm-hmm. against the England lionesses. Um. While the, there was an international break going on, right. uh, lots of the teams around Europe uh, were playing European qualifiers. Um, and I will talk briefly about that in a minute. But uh, mm-hmm. Phil, Neville, uh, Phil Neville's England Lionesses team uh, are already qualified because they host it. Yeah. So they couldn't get any friendlies around this time, I suppose, COVID-related issues mm-hmm. there. So he had an extra large training camp and played two matches, 11 v 11, of England squads. I was wondering why, because I remember seeing the England squad announcement go up and it was fucking huge. And a lot of the Liverpool players were kind of made the cut. Now, again, I don't necessarily mean there's a bad thing, but players like Baba Jibe got called up and I was thinking, is she English? I thought she declared for someone else. And then like, Furness was announced and fucking Lynette was announced. Like, okay, 
not players I would have expected for an England squad, but fair enough, we'll take them. Like, go for it. Uh, well, our new re-signing, Lottie Wubin Moy, also got the call-up and <clears throat> just moved back from Florida. So that's good as well. But um, what was interesting is he played two matches and they basically had a system where it's like the, they played the, the home and away kit. Yeah. And um, he played the first match in the home kit and the second kit in the away kit or vice versa. I'm not entirely sure. Right. But I just know that he lost to his assistant coach in both <laughs> of his games. Like. Oh my. <laughs> That's like, a bit embarrassing, in fairness. No, it is. It is. Um, I don't know all too much about the squads and who he picked and whatnot. I kind of, I was focused, I suppose, more on the Ireland qualifiers mm, um, during yeah. the international break. Um, but I just do love that stat that he lost both his matches against his assistant manager in the preseason or in the international break. So um, mm. I, I just, you know, I just think he, like, he can't even beat himself and his own team. Like, uh, he's just useless. But is that doesn't yeah. it doesn't show so much that like he's so bad at setting up a team that like okay it's, it, I know it's, it's almost like a kind of a playground thing where like I pick this player first and you pick that one yeah, yeah but obviously he's got dibs on who he wants to pick first so like he'll pick his eleven right his assistant then picks up everything that's left behind so like Phil Neville could very well have chosen like seven strikers and like a goal, two goalkeepers or whatever the fuck and then like the the, the assistant has to deal with nothing but defenders. And clearly, whatever team was left behind was better to to win both games. Better tactically. Better, yeah, better tactically. tactically, yeah. Like, it's... Okay, yeah, well, listen, this is not, not fucking news. Like, I, I mentioned last week about Gareth Southgate and how woefully incompetent he is. I think it's yeah. the thing with England coaches generally that they're just really bad at what they do. Fucking A.D. Boothroyd is butchering the under-21s uh, when they have, like, one of the best generations they've ever had. And, again, Gareth Southgate is, is making a tits of the of the Euros at the moment, the qualifications, and Phil Neville is thankfully out of a job anyway, but he's still gonna be there for another fucking year. And yeah. he's just gonna he's just gonna cause more damage for, for the for the incoming coach to come in, like, you know. So Yeah, it's, it's not, not like Weigman is gonna have some fun picking out her mm. uh, you know, who hasn't been decimated by Phil Neville's incompetence. Yeah. And fairness, well once Weigman takes over, like that's a nice fresh start because she is a very good attacking coach. She's she's managed great players in the past so she'll make she knows how to get the best out of the the elite in that squad but as I said yeah. it's the interim is the problem it's him being yeah. there for another fucking year like that's the issue um, and just a brief note before we finish up uh, Ireland played Germany in the uh, Euro qualifiers and mm. didn't make a disgrace of ourselves well um, mostly we, no, lost, we didn't no we didn't no we, we lost 3-0 um, but uh <sighs> I, as I have mentioned, the goalkeeper did not cover herself in glory. No. Um, so, but like we, we were impressive. And any time we were on the break, we had them bet for pace. So it was, uh, you know, it, you know, they should be proud of their performance. Germany mm. have won 8-0, 8-0, 13-0 or whatever it is <laughs> in the yes. last few matches. Um, so 3-0 defeat away isn't too bad. And if we can do something against Ukraine, we can uh, in next month. Mm. Doesn't that leave us second we, in the group? Yeah, yeah we'll we're do, second yeah. in the group, and we are actually. If you look at the other second place teams in the other groups, we are quite highly ranked amongst them, and the top three 
second place team to automatically qualify. The others go into for playoff. And looking at who else is currently in the second places that we could potentially go into playoffs with, I would fancy our chances. Yeah, like it, by and large, like we do have a really good team compared to everyone else. So like if we, I think we could automatically qualify, even a draw. I think probably a draw against Ukraine would do us. And I know we have to play. We know we have to play Germany at home anyway. So. We could do it. Like it's definitely possible. It's just like how if we can win oh, it's against Ukraine, possible. if we can beat Ukraine away, fuck me, that's that's us. A crappy one nil swift yeah. shot across Enkevia. <laughs> yeah, I'll yes. take that. Yeah, absolutely. McCabe runs out from the goal line, having been subbed in for the goalkeeper, and then just slots <laughs> it in top right hand corner. Yeah, I'll just be there googling can Megan Campbell score from a long throw yeah no apparently she can <laughs> that's good McCabe is the first world's first striker come goalkeeper yes <laughs> um, Megan Campbell is back in tra- full training full contact training with Man City at the minute so um, all coming together lads it's, it's all coming together it's, it's what's going to happen I'm looking forward to it so last thing yeah, first to do then yeah Last thing for us to do then is to dish out who we think is the cod. Um, I'm going to go for Phil Neville. I'm going to go for Phil Neville. Oh, <laughs> monomatic winner. <laughs> yeah, it had to be him. Like To lose I to would've... your own fucking team, to your own <laughs> squad, is disgraceful. <laughs> that's embarrassing. Like, um, that's, a, that's an extra yeah. level of fuck upery, that is. Like, I think the only other person who could have managed that feat if he'd ever had the chance would have been Tim Stillman, who would have been my pick. Or oh, Tim Sherwood, of course. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, shit, not Stillman. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this That's is almost like the Alex Jones thing earlier. You focus are sleeping yeah, Alex here. Nice. Oh man, come on. I think we're just sleepy. I think that's it. Yeah, that's what it is. That's blaming so, on that. Oh, I am so sleepy. <laughs> I wonder why, Neil. I just, it's just, I just, I don't mm. understand why you could be so fatigued right now. It's just, yes. My dreamy movements. Yes. I'm yes. <laughs> anyway, gentle reminder, this is an audio format and no one knows what we're doing. That's uh, okay. The baby knows what I'm doing. Yes, of course. Yes, he does. <laughs> she sure does. Anyway, uh, that is our podcast, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with more of the same. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some very nice hot takes from the double dose of our Liverpool Arsenal coming next week, which should be fun for everyone involved. Um, we definitely hope- won't fall out. Yeah, I know. Nope. I, I know. It'll be, it'll be nice and sporting and everything will be lovely uh, until... Everything will be lovely. Until someone gets tongued 4-0, probably. Um, whoever that may be. So, until then, guys, uh, by all means, give us a follow on our Spotify if you enjoyed this podcast or enjoyed any of our other ones. Smash like the like our, and subscribe, guys. Indeed. If you enjoyed this or our Jellyfield Donut podcast, by all means, hit the follow button for more of the same. Uh, perhaps you're watching the video version of this on Nerds or Us, and if so, give us a subscription there as well, because we're, you know, sister Video channel. version? On my dancing? What? I, it's it's a tech, it's a, like, Oh, I know, overlay. I'm joking. God, I'm joking. Fucking... I know things. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> I get jokes. Do you fucking get jokes? Um, so, yes, uh, we'll be back then next week with, with the same. Uh, so, for myself, Dancing Burkbot, Sleepy Neil Woo! and uh, the crying baby. <laughs> well, uh, yes, yes. We'll uh, we'll see you next time, lads. Because all of that was liquid football. Woo!